Hi, Rach. Hi, here. <laughs> I've never missed a couple letters. I've never. I was like, "What is that? What's the nickname for you?" I mean, there isn't oh, really one. That's, that's true, why. Rach. That's why I, I said, said that. Hi, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. He's not blonde. Took him no. a moment. Took it a no. moment. That's okay. I, I that's have okay. been blonde in the past, though. And let me tell you, I don't know if I had more fun. I just had more frustration. You didn't. You didn't have more fun, but you had more frustration. Because because my roots kept growing out. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I thought I was digging deep with that. I thought there was something, yeah, I know. something I else know to my, that. No, I know it's my nature. But anyways, um, yeah. How's it going? How's it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's going okay. It's going okay. Um, you know, it's spring. Spring is springing. It's starting to, uh, you know, it's not quite spring yet. It's mm-hmm. March eighth. Um, happy International Women's Day, actually. Happy International Women's Day. Yes. And and that is actually, and I hope you are well too. I was going to ask you how you are, but first, before our lovely guest does pop on here, because it'll be like any second, I do care how you are. How are oh, you? Thank you. I'm great. <laughs> I had this whole was, like, punchline of us, like, you know, like I'm so-and-so and I'm so-and-so, but it didn't start out that way. But I was kind of like going to be like, you know, you're going to be like, I'm Rachel and I'm like, and I'm unemployed. Welcome to Getting Juicy. Oh, Okay. And I would have been like, and my brain's going to explode from looking at spreadsheets all day. So we're like complete opposite. Un- unemployed and very employed. <laughs> she needs a little bit of me. I need a little bit of her. I think that's kind of our dynamic usually yeah. more often than not as, as best friends. So this is no, true. but, but jokes aside, really not joking, but I'm okay. Thanks. How are you? Good. Good. Hi. We already went through that. <laughs> That's two episodes in a row where it's been like Groundhog Day. Oh, Lord. Um, but it was what I was trying to get at is the good segue from the International Women's Day into who our guest is, mm-hmm. who is this fierce, amazing uh, woman that we're having on this show. Um, and I believe a contact through Hero. So, Hero, how do you know her? And if you, if you would mm-hmm. like to introduce her, because she's sort of, um, yeah. sort of your guest that you were wanting to bring on the show, which I'm... Yeah happy about yeah yeah well the premise uh, our guest i know that we've been having people that have been more in north american kind of in the in the u.s or maybe in toronto that have been coming onto our show as of late which has been fantastic but i also want to make sure that throughout our recordings we also highlight people that are in our local community both in vancouver in vernon and in between and so when i was thinking of really great people who are making things happen and in different industries uh i wanted to connect with someone in our yoga fitness beauty um kind of vancouver community and that is by the name daniela dib and daniela dib i don't know daniela personally very well we've only met a couple of times but daniela i first got introduced to because she was the senior teacher senior instructor for soul cycle in Vancouver, in Yaletown, when they opened up for about a year and a bit before yeah. uh, they sh- kind of pulled back their Canadian market and COVID hit and they kind of revised where they wanted to have their studios in North America and, and Europe, UK. Um, but anyway, so I had heard of Daniela Dib from a friend of mine, Liv Law, who taught at SoulCycle as well. And so Daniela is not just a fitness 
teacher and uh, businesswoman, but also a very uh, well-known model and actor and dancer. Dancer, dancer, and, huge dancer. She had, yeah. did ballet for God. I was, I was looking her up too. Sorry to interrupt. No, please do. But not only was Soul Cycle, I, I was reading. Like I think she, she was the one that opened the first Soul Cycle in Vancouver. She helped to open it. She did. She. That did, was like sure. that's pretty, pretty huge. It is. So yeah. she's got, she wears many hats and she also yeah. uh, started her own membership, uh, fitness membership based platform for members only called Dib Fit, um, appropriately so. And so Daniela has been doing that and I don't know much about it. I know that it's been doing very well and she has a great clientele of committed Dib Fit members that are staying healthy and active through the programs that she's creating for her community. But I thought there are some people in our community or ways we might perceive people that there's obviously way more behind the person that they are. We're all about, again, pulling the mask off of what we might maybe base off of someone by knowing them, not at all, whether if it's in an image, if it's in uh, a couple conversations or even just on um, word of mouth. And so when we, and I know Daniela is, super intelligent, extremely creative, and has such a beautiful heart and soul. And mm-hmm. I could see that radiate from her the moment that I met her. And then when I reached out to her and said, hey, um, are you interested in coming on to the podcast? And I said, we haven't really in- come across our paths in over a year. She immediately said, oh my God, babe, of course. Like I would, I would be so honored and, and thrilled that I'd be part of be part of this. Uh, and that just goes to show, you know, always staying humble and being willing to connect and build community. And I'm curious to learn more about who she is. Cause I really don't know her that well. I just have only That's come across her a little bit. Fantastic. And yeah, and just reading her, her bio, I mean, geez, she's, she has really done quite a lot and she was living in, uh, she was in New York. She was in Los Angeles. She's, um, you know, film TV shows, I mean, ballet for God knows how long she actually was um, at the Canadian, uh, the National Ballet Company of Canada as uh, quite, quite young. And then she, I'm just, I just have to reread this because I don't want to botch it, but uh, various programs, Boston Ballet, Houston Ballet, Pacific Dance Arts and American Ballet Theater in New York City, uh, Texas Ballet Theater, like, um, and then uh, an opportunity presented itself that she actually ended up in a small role uh, in the sequel of to center stage. I love that movie. I don't know if, did you ever see that center? No, stage? I haven't heard of it. No. Okay. Oh, it's such a great movie. It's a, it's a ballet dance movie. Um, Fantastic. So, anyway. So just uh, like really just, wow, honestly, what she's done mm-hmm. and, you know, very, it's interesting how a lot of people who are in the the realm of like dance or theater entertainment, they do tend to gravitate towards fitness as well. And then therefore either yoga or spin or those types right. of style of dance or whatever it may be. And they've really partnered the two. Like we had, um, well, Saskia, Sas- Saskia wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Saskia wedding. Yeah. yeah there's there's a few people, very similar. Um, but it sounds like what Daniela has done is she's just taken that and that's what, that's what she, like, that's full time now. So I don't even know if she's yeah. doing too much in front of the camera currently. She's really busy, busy with this business. So, yeah, yeah. I'm well, again, as you make a good point though, because of the pandemic, it's also, yeah. or as our 
most recent guest uh, that just came out, uh, Cynthia Kiss, you know, this pandemic Lovato in, in their words, um, you know, it's really sh- kind of shaken us up, especially those of us that are in creative industries where, yeah. I mean, unless if you're a photographer, maybe is one of the, you know, saving graces if you're a photographer, perhaps, but Otherwise, you really have to be close to people when you are in acting, when you are in dance, when you are, maybe not when you're singing, unless if you sing with a whole ensemble, you know, there are some little things that you can modify, but like when you're doing that type of stuff and especially fitness group classes mm-hmm. in person settings, mm-hmm. COVID really has thrown a wrench in that, even though now it feels like it's not even there anymore and that it's basically gone almost gone, not quite. So I'm wondering how, you know, did that come from COVID? Was it a sidestep anyway? I don't remember when it, you know, her platform was created. So I think it was throughout COVID. I, in fact, I, I'm almost hundred percent positive just, just reading um, about her. So Mm. um, yeah, I wonder, I also wonder well, and we'll talk to her in a second, whether uh, now, you know, it's not, it's not really post COVID, but people are getting back in person classes. Is that something that she's going to want to do? I mean, I know her, her platform is online right now, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Well, for sure. And then, and Daniela was teaching and I, I think she is still teaching at house concepts, which is a newer studio uh, hmm. business that opened up downtown uh, really close to where I live actually. Okay. Uh, so I think she is still offering certain uh, classes and services in person, but yeah, I'm yeah. curious to know. And yeah. she should be jumping on any second. I know that she asked to um, absolutely kind of have our meeting a little bit later so yeah, we're gonna let's just shoot shoot the shit my we friend we will shoot we will what, shoot what, our shit. what shit do you want to shoot right now <laughs> oh my god well what shit I mean, do you want to shoot uh, um actually speaking of shit this is this is not even this 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 is the dumbest segue this is nothing to do <laughs> i'm what i'm about to say is nothing okay and we don't need to shoot we don't need to shoot the shit anymore because danielle is come danielle is coming on that i don't know what i was talking about anyway <laughs> Hi, Hi. how's it going, guys? Good, Daniela. Very lovely to see both of you. Thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, you're Thank so you welcome. For coming, I'm jealous that you're sitting on the floor, and I should be doing that because I've been sitting in this fucking chair all day yeah, <laughs> working. On the floor is the way to go. Oh my, and oh my, my hips just need that. So yeah, very smart of you, and it's very nice to meet you too. Yeah, it's so nice to meet yeah. you. Yes, it was just so we were just doing some little bit of kind of shooting the shit before <laughs> you came on, as we do with all of our guests, and we kind of gave a bit of an intro about yourself and what you Aww. have been up to, what you've done. Um, and it's funny, we always I'm this is just kind of become an un kind of an unintentional format. You don't know what we said about you, but yet we talked about you <laughs> yeah, and, all, and, and all good things. So we always like to let our guests introduce themselves in case sure. if one we missed anything, or there might be some juice that's inside that might have not been squeezed to the public views. Love that. Um, so I am a fitness instructor. Um, I was formerly with Soul Cycle. I used to teach in New York. Then I started teaching in Los yeah. Angeles um, and then opened up the studio here. I am a former professional dancer. So that's what I spent my early life doing. Um, I was dancing at, uh, I went to school at Canada's National Ballet School. Then I danced at various uh, ballet schools, uh, joined the studio company of Texas Ballet Theater for transitioning to commercial style dance. That's what I did for my early 20s was lived in the states um, and toronto and opportunities to do music videos commercials um television i also was in a girl group which was an awesome experience very enlightening wow. experience. 
Yes, that was my early 20s, the girl group. Um, and then I started. And sorry, feel, was, and oh, I'm interrupting you. Is it with girl group as in singing or was it dancing? Yes. Oh, singing. It was okay. Both. Yes, wow. Yes. It was, it was awesome. Super fun. Um, a very amazing learning experience because it was, yeah. uh, we made some really poor choices in terms of management, <laughs> et cetera. So it was really um uh, a great pivotal learning opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then that's what transitioned me into moving to the States. Um, and I was there for six years. I had an amazing chance to um, try a soul cycle class at the um, advice of my dance agent. And I was very resistant to it because <laughs> I didn't think cardio was quote unquote my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, well, just so you know, Daniela, if you do get the job, you get health benefits and insurance. And in the States, that's the big deal. And I said, what time's that class tomorrow? <laughs> I will be there. Uh, we'll so Smart. yeah, popped into that class and I, I instantly loved it. And I realized it was so for me, I, I can't believe I was so resistant to trying it. I just assumed I wouldn't like it based on no valid information at all. Loved, love it first ride, as they say. And it was a really lovely blend of everything I do in terms of bringing music together. Um, yes. I really consider my class dancing on the bike and um, using your body, but also being really motivating that's so much more my mm-hmm. ammo I, I think the physical changes that come with workouts are lovely like cherry on top but it's so much more about the motivational side of things and that's what I gravitated towards so yeah. yes I spent the time in New York LA teaching Vancouver studio and then of course um, COVID hit and that really changed everything for us and I'm grateful that I have been able to switch and kind of form my own um, entity of everything that I've done, combination of my uh, back background with dance, with yoga, with Pilates, with cycling. So hit training and just fuse it together into uh, my own workout. Holy Toledo. Okay, that's that's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, like where where do I want to start? There's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, wow. I mean, first of all, I think. I mean, it's a very inspiring and good for you to just see that opportunity coming out of the darkness of the pandemic. And, you know, a lot of people either, but we all had blows, you know, to whatever we were doing, whatever it was. Right. And, you know, there's some people were were able to that, that phrase now we're using or that word pivot, we're able to pivot. Right. There's, Mm -hmm. that's like, I think that's like a pandemic word now pivot. Um, and, and, you know, kind of get on with life and, and do something newer or really took a huge hard blow and are still dealing with it and weren't able to do that. So I think that's Mm -hmm. first, I just want to, you know, commend you for that. So that's awesome. Um, going back though, for a sec, cause I was reading about your, your ballet experience and my, just a f- if interesting coincidence sort of my yeah. uncle is reed anderson who used to be the i national- know reed Dude. anderson that's your uncle yes wow that's a very small world yeah <laughs> very, so very cool and i did I, not know this connection before you came well, to and see and i didn't i didn't want to like i wasn't sure how old you are you don't have to age yourself you don't have to say any, anything about that but i wasn't sure like because i know this was yes. a long time ago that he was yes the director of the ballet company and yes. you know now he's been I mean he just retired and he's in his well a couple of years ago when he's been in Stuttgart for a number of years at the ballet company That's so incredible. anyway I just wanted to to mention that and you know I know how uh just through him and just oh my goodness how difficult um and challenging it is to be mm-hmm. a dancer and something and just along those lines something I think that you said about 
um, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but just as a dancer through those times and just how perhaps just aesthetically or just uh, how, how did that feel like for you, even body image? Like, was that kind of a thing that you were fighting against or I don't know. I just kind of, I, I don't, maybe I took something wrong out of your about no, no, website, but not. yeah, um, I don't even know what my question is. <laughs> no, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I'm, I'm very lucky. I've never, you know, struggled with, um, feeling not like inadequate in my body. I've never like struggled with eating or um, not feeling good in my skin. But the reason I was not accepted into every year you're at the national, you have to get reaccepted. And I was there for most of my high school years. And then I was not reaccepted into the last uh, two years of the program. And it was because of my body. They said that I didn't have enough flexibility in my joints. So it wasn't because of weight, but it still was something about your body. Yes. Um, I'm really grateful that um, that never really uh, shook me in the sense of made me think that, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. It kind of made mm-hmm. me feel like I can't wait to prove you wrong. And although I obviously didn't end up as a professional dancer, many of my uh, schoolmates are currently professional ballet dancers and they are incredible and amazing. And I think mm-hmm. they were always like guided towards that. I'm very grateful that that wasn't a deterrent. It, I used mm-hmm. it as fuel and just applied it into different areas of my life. And there have been so wow. many times where um, I've been in situations, as we all have, where something that you've really, really wanted hasn't worked out. And it's very devastating at the time it makes you feel all the sad feelings and it truly can rock your world and what I found is through most of those experiences or I will go to so far as to say all of them you're actually being redirected to something better it's not just a full rejection it's more of a redirection and even if you can't see it in the moment when you're hearing that no when you're facing that block it ultimately does become a beautiful opportunity to uh oh, she's gonna say it. Pivot, but um, and, and it doesn't make it easier. Just as you guys said, I would in no way say yep. that getting uh, you know shut down with Soul Cycle and ultimately they're no longer opening. Um, yeah. That wasn't a fantastic feeling. I was there yeah. for many years, and it uh, it definitely um, was a hard thing to accept. But I do truly believe in something that I always preached, which is it's not a it's not a no it's uh, an opportunity to begin again a little wiser this time it's an opportunity to set yourself up for something greater uh, it's just a detour in your life it'd be like if you're driving someone said please come and meet me at this location something awesome's happening we're having a big party and you were driving down the street and there was a roadblock or a detour you wouldn't just give up turn around and go home you'd be like right. oh I'll just I mean it's annoying like now I've just like <laughs> Go up this street, go this street, take a side street. Wasn't expecting that, but doesn't mean you won't end up at your same destination. So yeah. that's hopefully what we can take from all the COVID stuff. And I'm oh not, under, it's not to underestimate or undermine all of the intense struggles many businesses and individuals have gone through. And I'm, I'm very sad to see so many people have been so tremendously affected by totally. it. It's really unfortunate. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that, you know, and you, there's a lot of things you touched on there that I really want to dive into. And yeah. one of those things, as you mentioned, is that, you know, this industry that we're in, regardless of the modality, the method that we choose to practice movement or breath or awareness or all that yoga included, you know, I am one of those people that was deeply affected that actually have now retired from teaching. And I was yeah. teaching full time before COVID and it yeah. was my, my third time, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is it. And then COVID yeah. hit, I'm like, tried to teach the pandemic and only about a couple months ago did I choose to say, you know what, the industry and the community is not at a place right now where I feel like I can align with it or be where it makes sense for me as a teacher and what I wish to share. And it's a great, it's a great opportunity for teachers and trainers and coaches who are in a place to serve and offer to people what it is that they need, which does not align with what I can offer. What I'm getting to about that is that you are someone that has the, tenacity and the ambition to say, I'm going to take this as an opportunity, use the resources I have or seek to other resources that are around me to create a platform to help continue expanding your community. And that's something that you've done, right? And so I'm curious to learn a little bit more in present day. We'll go back on a journey mm-hmm. in a little bit. But you, what you do for sure right now is you are your own creator of your own platform, your own service, your own membership service. And yeah. doing that and creating um, experiences for folks to actually connect with their body and to feel that empowerment, to feel that coaching that you um, hit on. And so how did that come about as far as what inspired it and how has it been a development through today? Such a great question. Um, it it happened, I believe, I want to say it was like Mar- March 16th or something two years ago. It was one of those days, it was on a Sunday, that they said, you know, everything's closed, you can't yeah. go. I yeah. might be slightly off of my dates, but I think it's something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day I woke up and I was like, so I can't go anywhere. This is like, <sighs> what? None of us can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just threw up at that time just threw up a post on Instagram and I said, I'm going to be teaching tomorrow at noon. I'm going to jump on IGT, IGTV live. Yeah. And if you yep. can join me, feel free to. And I did that every day, seven days a week for three wow. months straight. Yeah. Um, wow. It was free. It was just people were uh, generously donating if they were doing it a lot and just kind of yeah. keeping that um, afloat. But it was mm-hmm. really just anyone can tune in. And I would at that time, because it was everyone was locked down, height of COVID, I would have hundreds of people um, joining in, in the workouts and it just became the 12 o'clock noon thing. And that inspired me. And really, some of it was selfish. It was like, I don't know what I would do if I'm not moving right now. Mm -hmm. My body is so used to it. I'm so structured to it. I'm so reliant on movement Mm -hmm. in order to just feel sane. I think I would have really struggled. Um, We all struggled, not pretending I didn't. I'm just, I think it would have been more intense Mm -hmm. had I not at least had that movement opportunity. So when I started realizing that I was still providing excellent value, even online, it's something I've never tried before. I've always been an in-person and that's still my true passion. So, um, you know, I absolutely love my in-person, but I realized that it was really exciting that I could also do online. And I learned about that. And that did cause me to say, I'm going to start my own membership um, and created, like you said, a online community. And so my goal for 2022 is to get back to both. I will never stop uh, feeling that passion for online. And what's really cool about online is you are not reliant on someone else's schedule. If it doesn't mm. work for you to be there at 12 or one or seven in the morning or six 30 at night, 
you do it on your own schedule, busy moms, busy entrepreneurs, students, or just like you're hungover on a Sunday and you don't want to go to that 930 class. Like, (laughs) so you're going to pop in at 1145. It's very cool to have the option of when you do it. The advantage, of course, to an in-person class, one, energy is unmatched. You will never be at the end of an in-person class ever. And two, there is that accountability. If you popped 30 bucks into a class, you're most likely going to show up. Like you're most likely going to be like, that was expensive. I'm going to go. Like, at least I'd feel that way. Well, if I paid for a class, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. And so, that, yeah. And, and also, well, and also like not only that, but just the, the social aspect. Yes. I mean, holy crap, are we missing that? Right. I, I mean, know. that's something. And I think that we're so, because we've been so used to even doing what we're doing right now virtually yeah. and it's still happening that I, you know, I'm speaking for myself. It's, it's been really difficult for me to want to get back and, and do those types of things like, you know, group classes or group functions or group, like anything to do with groups, but we need it like as social yes. creatures and animals. So yeah. Yeah. So I hope, um, is that, so is that something that you are, are you currently teaching in-person classes right now? I'm just doing, um, occasional pop-ups and a couple planned for this month, which I'm excited about. I definitely will be getting back into in-person classes and you can stay tuned for that. It will be happening this year. There will be some, um, changes happening. Yes. Awesome. Fantastic. 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 So again, so in terms of your platform with, and it's called DivFit, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, fantastic, uh, you know, accomplishment with that because there is such a market and such a a concentration on people that are, you know, trying to make online platforms, even uh, Mm -hmm. prior to COVID. And then also, I mean, me and Rachel as podcasters, you know, there's, there's a lot of podcasts that have come up as well, but I find (laughs) there's people that will start platforms or, um, engines let's say whatever the engine might be and it might dwindle or fade because it's like okay now things are opening up again the priorities are different and so what i'm getting is that commend you for saying no this is equally as important and it's something that i care about and the impacts it's made on the community that has been fostered through it but also remembering what's important to you as well as being in person connecting with community so where did that passion for building community come from like if you took us back to when you were growing up like have you I mean, you've always been this way. That's our purity. But yeah. how, were you always, did you always identify and recognize the person you are today when you were a child? Like, was that always innate within you? Um, I've always wanted to perform. So that's yeah. like a given. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. I came out probably with like spirit fingers. Um, I love being in front of people. It's like, just gets me going. The more people, the better. Um, I definitely have learned a huge amount about myself as we all do. Uh, There's been a big shift from my 20s to 30s. And I think Mm -hmm. that if you don't have that, you're probably doing the wrong thing because Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be evolving and changing. But I would say who I am at my core has always been the same. I've always really valued as you're using the word community, I might've used a different word at that time. It absolutely. And that's what drew me to soul cycle in the first place was that feeling of involvement. You do get that feeling too, when you're a dancer and you're in a company or you're, you know, you're dancing in a group, you're dancing in the court of ballet, you are a part of something which we can say is bigger. You're creating magic and moving together. And that's uh, particularly when you're cycling, you're moving, or at least in the soul cycle style, 
you're moving together. That's the goal. You're moving as a team, as a community. Mm. And after class, before class, you're really getting to know people. I would often say, hype up your neighbor, encourage your neighbors. I made some of my lifelong friends from that room. And I've made some of my lifelong friends now from my online platform. So it is essential to find something or someone that brings that out of you. Because if you don't have that you are going to feel lost. It doesn't need to be through fitness. There's many people that find either reading groups or, you know, it could be a yoga class, it could, et cetera, but it is really important. And I believe that the true importance of that was revealed when we weren't allowed to do it for those <laughs> months in 2020. If there was any question yes. in our minds of how important and essential movement and community was, that was truly revealed during that time. So with that, Holy. it's made it, even more important to me, it's really reminded me, it keeps me grounded, keeps me rooted, keeps me coming back to it. And um, it makes me feeling very passionate about that. So, okay. Are you from Vancouver? I'm going, now I'm taking a yeah. different direction. You are from yeah. Vancouver. Okay. I'm from Vancouver, yeah. And what, what kind of, was it an influence with your parents to get into dance and into being, you know, a performer? Was it something that, you know, was more like, Hey, mom and dad, I really want to do this. And they were like, Oh, okay. Well, we don't know anything about dance, but we'll find out for you and put you in some classes. (laughs) They put me in gymnastics at first and I was so, so bad at it. Um, but I was terrible. They were like, wow. And I was like, wow, I really suck at this, but I was very good at the floor, um, routine Mm. in between. And Mm -hmm. so it's very natural for the two to align because you're, you know, you're dancing essentially in between the stuff that I couldn't do. So (laughs) they put me into dance and I really, I loved it immediately. And there was a book about a little girl that goes to boarding school. It was the national ballet school. I read it and I said to my mom, I really want to go do this. And I was 11. So I went and auditioned and I got into the summer program and there's no guarantee you'll get into the year program. When you do those, it's just an audition. There's few um, schools that do that a couple in Canada and then uh, quite a few in the States and around the world. And I got accepted into the year program and it was a no brainer for me. Um, that I wanted to do that. And I, I loved it. I never got homesick. I was just ready to be wow. that, you know, dancing. And um, <laughs> I had so many fantastic friends who are still my friends to this day. Um, many of them actually train with me now, which is really cool. I get to watch yeah. them do their gorgeous, gorgeous ballet and they'll uh, work on their abs with me and get and uh, keep continue to stay strong wow. with that. So it's really cool. So that's how I got involved with dance. And I, I had a feeling that ballet wasn't necessarily for me, but I yep. always loved movement. And so that right. transitioned me into the commercial style of dance and um, a girl group and then moving to the States, which is where I then found um, fitness. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you, so adding on to that, when you say that it sort of got you into the States and stuff, kind of walk us through that experience. Like you're back in that part of your life. You are yeah. in your passion, you're in your <laughs> element. You're like, I am fucking doing this like what were those transitions like for you because if you think about it you would have been in pivotal years of your life I think every year of your life has been a pivotal to clarify but you're in those developmental years right from going to like okay like early teenage to mid-teen to young adult like developmentally psychologically what was it like because you said you love to perform so did it feel stressful did it feel anxiety provoking was there any mental health things that came up or was this like I'm living my life I know this is my fantasy and I'm making it a reality like 
where were you in that process? Oh, there were so many moments that were so incredibly hard. I mean, if you're a dancer and you're auditioning, you are just words no a lot more than yes so every you know job that I booked there's probably 15 jobs behind it that I didn't and um so you know you get to see the wins and celebrate the wins but there was tons of really like like close calls tough moments I filmed a pilot before I thought would go through it didn't go through so I get that's very common it's not Mm. you know it's very common so um I don't want to use the word anxiety driven but there was definitely a lot of incredibly and continues to be a lot of really tough moments I got my O-1 visa and that's how I was able to move to the states which means that you are on a performer's visa you have to get them renewed so I I got two of them and it's a pretty intense process they want to see a lot of proof and you need a agent down there and you need to be booking a lot of work (laughs) it is necessary well you can't get a right when I say a regular job I just a job outside of your field I couldn't just Mm -hmm. be like oh I'm doing I'm dancing but like in order to subsidize for a bit I might go do that it's like that's all you're allowed to do so you need to book those jobs uh and it was I was in my very early 20s and it was you know I was living in a very expensive city of New York and I yeah you just have to hustle that's the word I'll use I was doing all the dance gigs I was doing all the things and then I was really lucky that after about four years of that that's when Soul came in and Soul is also a performance-based um as you know (laughs) performance-based class so that continued and um I then we knew I was going to come back and open the Vancouver studio so I was very lucky in those transitions can you explain to those those people that because I've never been to a Soul Cycle class what what is Soul Cycle like I, I actually yeah. don't even know. I'm that's how I mean I I've never been. So I Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's really cool about um an in recycling class, and there's many that do this, there's some that move and they're more based on metrics and based on um, output. So you can kind of scan what you're doing that way and you're really focusing on, you know, calories burned, etc. And it's really like strong, powerful. A lot of people do it to train uh, for riding in real life or that's just their goal. What makes um, sort of riding to the rhythm music quite different, it's, there's no metrics that you're following. There's no um, sort of scale that you can see. It's a lot more about feeling and the goal is Mm. to move to the rhythm of the music with the class together and my class is extremely dancey which means there's a lot of choreography on the bike um and people that used to come to my class a lot would really know the choreography as though it was a dance performance it got to the point where it would be like everyone was dancing together and then to layer on top of that uh you have the motivational speaking which is where I really felt the most connected to my classes it was and as I always will say it's not about the bike it's about empowering yourself to feel very strong very disciplined very connected and motivated to show up and do your best if you're doing the best in a class like that you're most likely going to show up and do your best outside of class it's uh you kind of training your body and your mind to see the good in a situation training your body and your mind to feel inspired powerful and strong so that is what I would say is the biggest takeaway of an indoor cycling class, particularly in my opinion, ones that move to the rhythm of the music. There's value in both, Um, but that's what made ours a little different. 
I love that. And you said the words motivational speak or speaker. Yes. And I was just going to ask you, like, you must be a motivational speaker. I get the sense. I get, I get the vibe from you of, of that. Do you, do you do motivational speaking as well? I do. I've, so yeah. I would consider every one of my workouts to be equally important as the workout, yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the two just don't exist without the other. It's Absolutely. not, it's not one or the other. So um, that's where my real underlying uh, motivation for myself to show up comes from because I think if I was just like we're riding a bike again (laughs) in a dark room going nowhere I would feel you know after years of doing that that would get I don't want to say boring but you know it gets repetitive redundant Mm, it never felt repetitive or redundant because it wasn't coming from that place and likewise with workouts there are only so many ways to squat. There's only oh, so God. many yeah. moves in the yeah. world. There's only yeah. so many this, but it's about progressing. It's not about seeing the end game. And the cool thing is you can always pick up heavier weights. You can always get a heavier resistance band. Mm-hmm. You can always add more resistance to the wheel. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. your choice, your power, your strength. And it isn't about the instructor yelling at you in a boot camp. <laughs> style saying you must do this it's you being like you know what I'm gonna add three more turns underneath my feet Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see how that feels for me today oh my gosh it's all of a sudden harder you've just taken it to the next level how can you ever get bored when you're actually strengthening yourself like that otherwise yes true you'd be like how are you just pedaling all day (laughs) every day but it isn't there's so much more to it just like there's so much more to life so much more to relationships to our careers to our jobs like yeah that's what keeps it that's what keeps it um, interesting. That's what keeps us feeling excited. And if we're not, then we find new avenues, new ways, and there's never anything wrong with uh, wanting to take the next step in your life or kind of feeling like you've outgrown a version of your life that you've built, that you have that amazing foundation. So let's build new stuff on top of it. You have more skills, more knowledge, more, more energy, more excitement, more, you know, all of those good things. Daniela. So well said. Who has motivated you? Oh, so many people. Um, <laughs> Speaking I, of motivation, yeah, yeah. No something you, it's just, I love hearing you talk and you've got so much, just your energy is so beautiful and bright. Where did you get that from? Who motivated you? Who's, who's inspired you to become who you are? I've had many, many people <laughs> be very inspiring. And um, of course, you could take it all the way back to Dan's days, where at sure. the time I was at the National, was James Kadalka. That was the, um, that was at the National, um, and I always remember just being really inspired by him and Karen Kane, and just seeing how they were right. this. Um, oh and goodness. then as that as that transition, I've had so many really cool opportunities to watch a lot of incredible choreographers do their work and be leaders. And then now in the fitness industry, there's so many, I would say I'm inspired by every single person I take class with. Like, I'm like, you're amazing. You're doing something so cool and fantastic. And I love learning from absolutely everyone. So mm-hmm. when I was in soul cycle training, I took a lot of people's classes, mm. found value in absolutely all of them. The ones that taught us there were so great. And now moving forward, it just comes from, I'm inspired by everyone I have the opportunity to learn from, which in my mind should be everybody. Yeah. You may, well, again, that's well said because it's all about being a student and being receptive to, to yeah. learning while also remembering the things that you've been, that's been passed to you along the way. So that way there's a equal feedback loop, I would say of giving and receiving. 
you know, yeah. humi- humility, but also with experience. Cause I think we get trapped in some ways of being like, I'm not worthy or I don't have enough or what I have is not, doesn't matter. Or the other side of it's like, I know what I'm doing and I don't need to take others insights or experiences. You know, you have to find a balance of being willing to learn, but also knowing your, your awareness, knowing your experience and knowing the power that your voice has to transmute those experiences. So whether you've done that through dance, you've done that through fitness, you've done that through spin, you've done that through yoga, you've done that through even being on our show for the time so far. I think there's a lot of importance in that too. Plus being someone that is also a fellow Vancouverite, um, such as yourself, I think it's important to amplify that there are people that come from a city like Vancouver that are so powerful, that are doing things and that don't necessarily might appear on the outside as the way they do on the inside. You know, like you are intelligent, you're beautiful, you're, you're well-spoken, you have a business acumen that is clearly very, very special. And so I'm curious to know about where did some of those skills come from? Like, were those things instilled in you from growing up with your parents, growing up with family members that kind of instilled those values and ethics within you? They all come from somewhere, but sometimes it's not from family. Sometimes it's just based on this drive and you learn as you go. I'm I'm guessing it's a combination of both, perhaps. Yeah, I would definitely say that my dad runs, um, he didn't uh, when I was growing up, but now uh, for the last, I want to say like 10, maybe 12 years, he's been running a uh, business that's called Vancouver Balloons. It's a balloon shop on Main Street. He does all oh, the big cool. balloons. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, like I love the- it. Yeah, he yeah. does some, like big stuff. Like he does like the Vancouver Sun Run when they wow. had them. He did the big arches. He's done a ton of concerts. Travis Scott, Miley Cyrus. He does wow. lots of play sets. But the cool thing is that he's um, started a business um, mm-hmm. and he found a really cool niche for it and really is one of the most hardworking, passionate and um, amazing humans that I know. So, so much to learn from him. My mom is a nurse and so go nurses, especially during this pandemic. <laughs> because she never stopped working and so like so I know she's amazing um and then I did have a lot of really awesome opportunities growing up in the dance world as you would know that in terms of the people that you were kind of surrounded with I would do shows Mm -hmm. with the company they had like the Nutcracker that we got to be a part of then a bunch of other productions um you know we were kids so they were (laughs) they were kids roles but they were really awesome opportunities to watch Mm -hmm. very incredible hardworking dedicated and committed people work and when you go to those summer schools I went to Boston Ballet Houston Ballet and American Ballet Theater um there's no messing around with those uh with those teachers you are you are really like discipline is number one um being receptive to criticism and feedback (sighs) without um sort of taking it learning to not take it to heart just learning that they're actually probably trying to help you and they see Mm -hmm. um they see that there's more potential in you so that taught me how to be open to constructive criticism Mm -hmm. um in terms of business I have just been figuring it out as I go um my husband is also is very nice because he's in the financial planning world and he works with incorporated individuals and small businesses. So he was able to really help guide me with those first steps in terms of get incorporated. What do you do about taxes? Like there's just so many logistics that I was like, I didn't know, but I'm willing to listen and learn. So finding, and I also believe you shouldn't try to do anything um, that you're not good at yourself. Like I don't want to, I'm not a one woman show and the bigger I I hope to get and where I 
I foresee what I'm doing right now going. I think the best thing I can do is hire people that are excellent at what they do. So I don't have to try to be subpar at it. Mm -hmm. I just do what I do well. So it's like, if I could say one piece of business advice that you had asked, it's hire the people who actually know what they're doing and let them do it and let them do it well so that you can focus on what you do well. And that's what I am doing. Oh my God. That is right. Phenomenal advice because I'm just thinking to myself, God, I wish I had that advice when I had, I had actually a very small yoga studio. I owned a yoga studio in, in, in North Vancouver for a couple of years, but yeah. Yeah, man. I tried to, I, I did it all. And I tried, you know, I was, um, a bit stubborn also because, you know, you think about, well, okay, that's going to cost me money, but you know, know, but, but if you don't, you know, fork out that bit of money, you could actually be hurting yourself in the long run financially. Like it's, you know, so there's a real anyway. So I, uh, that's very smart. (laughs) Yeah. You know, even when it comes to like social media or whatnot, like, I know we think we can do it all, but the, uh, there are people that are better at it because they that's what they do full time. Um, yeah. There are accountants. There are um, there's just people that actually are so much more qualified than I am in those areas, and I just choose to let them rock those expertise so that I can just totally. focus on the things that I'm good at. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a great segue. So when you're talking about building a brand, building a platform, yeah. having the the not in a negative way, but it is the facade of what you want someone to be, what you want people to perceive your message to be like until they experience it in real life or in person, if it's, or if it's virtual. Um, What are some things that you have learned along the way by maybe doing it yourself? And then also what are some tips and tricks that you've learned about building a brand, a platform in digital social media, especially in a landscape, let's say where there is a lot of noise, there is a lot of, um, algorithms let's say yeah I but say competition but yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> but there's that too that even if you know for example like our podcast is very unique and very much us so we don't have to worry about standing out in that respect your voice is very unique and very dynamic and unique in itself you don't have to worry about yourself in that respect but where's the intersection of one's authentic voice i guess or one's delivery of their voice matched with the visibility of that voice being seen like, what are some of the, what are some of the things you've learned by trial and error that might be of use to your listeners and your viewers? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that one of the most important things that you can do is to actually answer people. Um, sometimes it gets missed, you know, when people are willing to comment on mm-hmm. your posts or they're willing to DM you, do your very best to answer them because that's mm-hmm. a big aspect of community building is actually um, engaging. And sometimes it does take a while. So now I actually schedule it into my day. I usually mm-hmm. block off a full hour in Sorry. which I go through yeah. every message, every DM. And sometimes of course things will occasionally get missed, but for the most part, I reply to every comment that's posted um, under my uh, photos or videos because it's, wow. it's uh, important. And yeah. so the, if I could just leave with one sort of like takeaway, it's don't just let people say something nice to you and then you don't acknowledge it acknowledge it say thank you or like at least give it a like Mm -hmm. at least give it a little heart because (laughs) that's like it's you saying thank you it'd be so weird imagine just when I have to compliment someone or like after I teach my workouts I always say like comment when you're done it because it'd be like taking a class and then just walking out without saying thank you you'd be like 
um hi i just (laughs) like spilled my heart and energy out and you're not even going to acknowledge that so i i've tried to like really instill like this is important this is what makes it feel like a community as opposed to just a so i hope that people are seeing that i'm a real person i'm not just Mm. a um as you said and that's the aspect of comes with social media. You do just see either a pretty picture or video. It's a facade. So even just that small connection, you know, answering someone's jokes, acknowledging them, I'd say if I could leave one piece of advice, it's acknowledge that people are taking the time to comment to you, type to you, send you something, anything. So yeah. reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. That is good advice. Very good advice. How did you, um, how did you kind of, like, was it quite an overnight success for you, so to speak, with your platform? Because it kind of sounds like you you came into it at the perfect time. Yeah. And not to say that it wasn't, I, I'm not trying to undermine how it probably wasn't easy, but I guess my question is, was it kind of a quick, you know, buildup of followership and, and uh, people that were willing to take your classes or was it a little bit of a, a slog? Like how did, how did that kind of happen in the beginning? Stages? Well, just as you said, it was really good timing and yeah. that um, could, of course, so you are facing a lot of um, competition. Everyone was going online and teaching classes, I but know. yeah, I don't, I just, I use the word competition very like lightly as in <laughs> it, it, in no way does that bother me. I think it's yeah. Been- that you find someone that you like like that's why there are so many different instructors that's why everyone does have something different that they do and you might I've had people try my class and say like that class changed my life like Mm -hmm. I'm a different person because I've had people try my class and be like may I have my money back like what the hell were you doing up there girlfriend I Mm -hmm. hated that like Mm -hmm. so you're gonna have people that love what you do people that probably hate what you do and you have to just let them go and find who it is that they align with and also people are going to align with lots of different people like I love many people's classes like it would be bizarre if there was only one person that you're like this is the only person that can do it for me like Mm -hmm. of course not like there are so many skilled talented people that we can all learn from so um, in terms of like success with it it's all been like a long slow growth of starting to teach in New York followed by LA followed by Vancouver it's class after class connection after connection personal connection after personal connection so now yeah now it's led to something where I have much more of a community but I I still have to work at it every day I talk to people every single day I know that the next step of my life is going to require that much attention to detail as well so yeah willing to do that because I do really enjoy it and I do think it's very important Love well, it. well said, you know, and I'm going to take it back for a second <laughs> in some of the things you've mentioned and not, I'm saying this more as an anecdotal thing, because I think others will relate to it, you know, as a teacher myself, um, and I still consider myself a teacher, regardless of the format, as you said, like, I believe in public speaking, I believe in um, inspiring, being a mentor and a coach for people. And in those elements and using the aspects of past experiences from past careers, past um, passions, and knowing that those skills are transferable and you can reinvent them, so to speak, kind of like a phoenix, you can rise from those ashes of a past life. You also mentioned going from being in 20s to 30s, you know, I just turned 30, but I was teaching. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, The adult life is real. But anyways, so, you know, so, but like, and Rachel's like, oh, don't even go there. You're such a young, young little chickling anyway. uh, it's, just, it's just the ring lighting anyways so um <laughs> so 
you know, when I started going into health and wellness and stuff, let's say yoga, for example, you know, I was about 18, you know, so I started practicing pretty young. Uh, and then I found my way into teaching when I was 20, uh, did my teaching, went through those processes, burned a ton of bridges, repaired most of them, or the ones that at least I wanted to repair and the ones that I didn't were not meant to be repaired. Um, sorry, it's true. And, um, you know, through the years, uh, a lot of people, there were a lot of haters. There were a lot of people that did not like what I did that did not connect to what things I said or to approaches that I did because they were very much to me, what made sense to me. They were not traditional. They were traditional. Maybe they were too traditional to some people as well. So when you think about um, people who are just living, I hate you know, living your truth, but it it gets the point across who are doing something so authentic in themselves. They may not feel connected to building a brand online, let's say, where they can have full control over their content, their delivery, and so forth. Um, maybe they want to teach in studios, but studios are saying, no, you're not the right fit. Or they're just saying, the worst part is they're saying no, and they're not offering any closure mm-hmm. or development or feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For the teachers out today, this is where I'm coming back to the teachers today who are new, who are maybe very experienced in other aspects prior to them going into a space to teach. Maybe the landscaping community is different in Vancouver and I'm just not aware of it. Maybe in other cities, it's different, of course, as well. What would you say to those people in terms of those that are really different, that are very self-expressive, that are not very corporate-minded, perhaps? They don't kind of stay in the box and they, mm. they speak their mind, they do their own thing, and they actually have a community in the following that would amplify what that realness of teaching is like in whatever format. What, would you, what are your perspectives on that? Um, from your vantage point and maybe other people that you've come across that are maybe trying to find that niche that they fit into and that want to do it in person under a business, under a space where maybe people expect certain things, because I'm telling you, I don't know how I lasted almost 10 years because the girl, it burned me the fuck out. And I got the, I got out the moment that I just couldn't keep it up anymore. And so I'm asking it from my perspective, but I'm asking it from an unbiased perspective, from someone that sees it completely differently and that is actively in it right now. Cause it's a fucking a- amen to that. Cause it's I was fucking track. I had the same experience sort of anyway. Yeah. Good, good question. <laughs> um, so just to clarify, you're saying someone that has a unique voice has a following, but currently wants to get in and work for a company that might be a bit more structured Mm -hmm. how could they uh, transition into that Mm -hmm. yes okay so my best advice when it would come to that would be find a company that aligns with that with you like that's I think the best place to start if you know this about you that you are really free spirited that Mm -hmm. the way that, you know, maybe you like to swear in class or maybe like your music's really different. It's not mainstream or um, maybe your approach is super different. There are studios, classes online. There is even the class, uh, which is an amazing, um, now they have a huge online presence Mm -hmm. that started in New York. There are so Mm -hmm. many different formats. Of course, Vancouver is smaller, but there's always going to be someone or something that's going to work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you try to create yourself so that you're following something that doesn't match up with you you are most likely going to resent it when I entered soul cycle it really lined up with me um mm-hmm. the way that I like to teach and um of course help cultivate the way I teach I will always say that I'm very grateful for that room and the platform that it gave me but it did not hold me back from mm-hmm. um getting to be the strongest 
best version of how I instruct. And I kept it within the confines of what the class structure was, but in no way did I feel that it was hindering my ability to grow and thrive. So you must Mm -hmm. find a place that allows you to do that. And it's okay if it takes a little bit of time. Of course, we all would like to think that we just walk into the first place that we go and it happens to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And anytime you're dealing with people, you're Mm -hmm. always going to run into conflict. That's just natural. There's very few people that can just, of of course, you can be someone that gets along with everyone and we all aspire to that. And I think that that's doable, but there's no way that every single person you're going to encounter, particularly at a corporation, you're going to agree with, or even particularly like, and that's (laughs) also okay. You just have to decide if that is working for you. And if it is amazing, you found a good match. If not, why wouldn't you go and try to find something that doesn't make you feel like shit? Cause no one wants to go to work feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. And if you do have a really big following as, uh, as was mentioned, and you kind of able to do that on your own, then I would encourage you to go and try to do that on your own. And even if you need something to subsidize you, I've had a thousand jobs that have subsidized my dreams, <laughs> yeah. many, many, and um you know particularly and also say my early 20s I was working multiple jobs and I think that there's absolute pride in that because you're saying I'm doing this while I am creating creating that so maybe it's if you have a following and it's your own thing your own business maybe you rent out the space on the weekends and you run your own classes and figure out a way of receiving payment from people. And during the week, you're doing another job until you can build it up to the point where you can just work for yourself or you find a company whose values align with you. Nothing will ever be perfect, but no relationship is perfect. Working for a company is like entering a relationship. You're going to butt heads sometimes. You're going to disagree. You're not always going to be in alignment, but if you're still in love with each other and you respect each other and there's mutual respect, then it can work. Do you know what I, you know what I think kind of got what got difficult? And for me and probably Hero too, is when you become a yoga teacher, more, yeah. more specifically with yoga and how yoga yeah. is very much rooted in non-judgmental yeah. and you know, all these different uh pillars of of things that, that really, when you then partner yoga with business, yeah, it, they really butt heads, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, as soon as you step into a studio and you've got, yeah, there is, there's going to be judgment. There's going to be competition. There's going to be, um, uh, auditions yeah. for a freaking like that. That doesn't really, <laughs> that doesn't really line up with what you, what yoga is. And I think that I'm just putting words in hero's mouth perhaps. And I feel like maybe that's kind of where over the years it just got super frustrating because it's like, okay, well, I was, you know, taught all these amazing um, uh, rooted pillars in not, not harming and non-judgmental and stuff like that. But yet as soon as you step into a business world and become a teacher and get paid to do it, it's still, it, it's a business, right? And so yeah. you do come against that kind of conflict, I think, perhaps. Oh, for sure. I'm, so, I'm sure very few, but that unfortunate, when I say unfortunate, I just mean like for the most part, that is going to be life. Like you totally, are. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. And that, and that's mm-hmm. where like, and I, I did kind of get over that, you know, yeah. and I think that uh, there is, cause I know of, you know, a number of yoga teachers that, that really did struggle with that. And yeah. then unfortunately, didn't get classes. Right. And then Mm -hmm. didn't get paid and then couldn't put food on the table. And it's just like, goes on and on and on. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
you yeah. really, yeah, you hit the nail on the head about it's still, it's, it's life and you're still going to come into contact. It's still, and it's still a business. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. But also to add to Rachel's point, um, you know, I'm not, a, I doesn't harm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not concerned to say, you know, that there are lots of my elements of my personality or, or teaching style that might not connect to uh, the general public, which is okay. not a bad, it's not a bad thing. But no. it just, it might, but I'm very outspoken and candid and free, which is what a podcast is perfect for because it's yeah. you're, you're the host of the show. If people don't want to connect, they don't have to connect, you know, yeah. I mean, please connect. We need you. But you know what I mean? Like there's that feeling of I'm not, you're not going into a space with the attachment of you're representing the space as well as yourself and the, yeah. the entity of those that are paying let's say 25 bucks a class multiplied by per head and all the other business metrics that put the pressure on yeah. you to provide a service where you're paid basically one or 2% of what everyone else is bringing in, which it sounds like a lot, but really it's not. My yes. point being for that anecdote is that I've been judged for my age being too young. I've been judged for being too gay, which I'm really not that gay compared to some other people that can present much more flamboyantly. I've been judged for being too fat I've been judged for not looking a certain part or fitting a demographic or an image that doesn't resonate with a brand because they can't box you or, you know, have that kind of stereotype. Uh, Did it defeat me? No, not at all. But what I find really frustrating to further Rachel's point is that in an industry like yoga, which is a business and yoga happens to be the product that has been capitalized into being a business. It is unfortunate though, that you come in from a place of wholeheartedness and being really tender and from yourself and providing that healing for people. And then people to, to rip into and say, sorry, you're not marketable. You know, like yeah. that's too deep. That's not surface enough, or you're not challenging enough as a physical teacher. So like, you know, you're not you're too yin for us you're too restorative for us or like you don't do enough of this kind of chaturanga or push-up or whatever they might be looking for for the flare it's a performance act right so coming back to that the um the term facade it's yeah. like i can understand and not that they should be different but i do understand the business of fitness i do understand that mm -hmm. because that is always changing that is always developing there is always things that can be inserted or be trendy but yoga is not a trend there are things that might be more popular. There might be things that appeal to more people. But at what point will the community finally say, fuck that? We're going to yeah. go to the root of where things come from and consider this that, and it has a place where it can be profitable. And we're yeah. going to really make the division of yoga and fitness or fitness and whatever else that's not fitness, because yoga can be a physical experience. It is part of those limbs. But for people to commoditize it as I only do hot or Bikram or power or Ashtanga, and like, that's all I do. And if you don't do that, you're not valid. Do you realize how much of a psychological warfare that's being created for people to feel like those jobs are being taken away from those teachers that actually are living and breathing a philosophy, a lifestyle, and publicly speaking in a way that could be really motivational, the same way someone like yourself or anybody else in a more fitness-facing environment, perhaps, like a yeah. boot camp coach or a spin class, would you get in that same experience? Yeah. So I find that really something that I would love to see shift. I'm yeah. not saying I want to do that, but I, I would love think, to see that shift. I hate to be the the poo pooer, but like I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the the days of like the the mom and pop or like grassroots kind of studio is kind of done. Like and and also and also they did, and also it's just affordability too. Like let's just be honest. I mean, with mm -hmm. brick and mortar style studios, I mean, fuck, like and with COVID and all that kind of stuff, like it's expensive. So. Vancouver's out of control. It's, 
There's a lot of, it's just out of control. There's no other Mm -hmm. words. It's it's out Mm -hmm. of control. Mm -hmm. So I really feel what you guys are saying. And it's, it's such a shame that it can't just be more of that authentic energy and under a corporation. But at the same time, it sounds like you're very passionate about what you would have to offer. And I wonder if, um, that could be fulfilled in another way, such as running by donation classes where people are not obligated to spend $25 on your class. Mm -hmm. Maybe you rent out a space, you cut a deal with the owner, you say, I'll do it on an off time. And you say, whatever you can afford and aligns with you, you come in and give, then you still get to give. Those people genuinely want to be there. There's no one pounding you to fill the room or to hit metrics or all the things that you're saying take you away from the amazing experience that you're excited to offer. So I just wonder if, you know, and it's amazing. It sounds like you're very fulfilled with um, now running your own podcast. And the thing is, that's so cool about that is you are your own boss. There's no one that is, you know, sitting behind your chirping you in your ear going to get, um, make Me. you feel bad about it. No, yeah, I am <laughs> But I just wonder, like, you know, maybe something to think about is like, maybe it's like you get to start your own thing where there is no, we take away all the pressure of a certain Mm. amount of pricing, or even like that the room will be hot, or we'll be using all these intense poses. Maybe you say I am teaching a by donation, restorative class, sounds like that's what you align with at one o'clock at the park, even Mm -hmm. and whoever can come can come. I just, uh, so I just thought that maybe if that's yeah. something you're still really interested in, I don't know how interested you are in it still, but huh. maybe yeah. there are still ways of, cause I, I don't know if, I don't know if studios can afford, unfortunately to be as generous as right. uh, maybe they'd like to be. And I have not mm-hmm. owned a studio, but well, I agree I'm with what you're saying that yeah. there's a lot of pressure to make that rent. And if you can't make it, you're screwed. So I, yeah, that's just speaking from someone that I've not been in that position, but that would be my like advice in terms of the best case I could see it as. Yeah. We know what I think that's great to have the conversation is that to clarify as well. Thank you for your insights and your wisdom. And that's why I wanted to open up that part of the conversation for people that are emerging into our community now and that are wondering, you know, where, if they find themselves in the position, like I might have once been in, which I don't desire to be in any longer. Hence I'm not interested in that. Um, You know, like with the moment that I actually, so quote unquote, rolled up my mat for the public, I felt free. I felt yeah, free. I love that. You know? And um, and you know, like I got a Kaiser at home. I do my own spin classes myself that are more kind of like soul energy, but traditional minded. So I kind of blend both together. I do my own yoga stuff on my mat, and that's my own practice. I love so, that. Like to you know, to clarify that as we start the wrap, is that I think it's great to empower people who might be listening or watching this video, this interview, if they find themselves in a similar place of true voice and service and they're willing to be brave enough to be courageous enough to put themselves into the industry out of the pandemic. Now, what are those people that are maybe now following my footsteps, your footsteps, Rachel's footsteps that tried to pave the way and did Mm -hmm. make an impact. And maybe who are the next followers that actually might be able to impact your voice in a way that we might've 
done a little bit, but maybe it ha- wasn't the right timing. So I think this is going to be a great takeaway for those next generations of teachers and leaders in whatever form of public speaking, teaching a format of a kind of class, or even passing down a lineage. That valuable information is going to go very far for those that choose to connect with the three of us in this format. And I want to thank you for giving your time and your, your energy for that too. It's really important. Oh, thank you guys. I, I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to chat with you both. Absolutely. Is there anything that you'd like to leave um, on a closing note with those that might be tuning in, whether if they might know of you already or know you well or not know you at all, <laughs> social media or things that are up and coming that you want to plug? Um, you're welcome to leave that there if you like. Well, I, I definitely am going to be having some next steps um, yeah. happen really soon. Um, I would say that those will be kind of coming into light within hopefully by the summer. So I guess uh, not to sound cheesy, but stay tuned. Um, And that would be where I would leave it at. I hope that um, you enjoyed listening to this today. I really enjoyed getting the chance to speak with you guys. And I'm very proud of you for starting something and just know that there's nothing wrong with uh, leaving something that you, you know, once really loved and still have love for, that means that you've really grown. If you can leave something without being resentful that it didn't work out the way you thought it would, but it's working out the way it should. That's like real Mm -hmm. growth. Like I've had lots of, lots of careers and I'm sure there's a, there's going to be many more shifts in my life. And I think it's important to be grateful for the amazing times that you had, not be resentful that it didn't work out, even though it's really easy to, because sometimes it can really piss us off. It didn't work out the way we hoped it would, but trust that it's unfolding as it should, even though it may seem really cloudy at that time, it is unfolding as it should. Those stars are going to align. The path is going to be revealed. You got to put trust into it and I know that can be the toughest when it's like dark or feels really stormy in your life but it it's the absolute truth that it is going to unhappen and sorry unfold as it should that is beautifully said beautifully said thank you love it (laughs) <laughs> Love it. And the last thing I want to ask, we haven't, sometimes we ask a juicy question um, yeah. when it feels organic and I have one for you. And Ooh, I'm curious to ask I haven't you, done that in a while. No, <laughs> I just realized, yeah. If, in the context of a spin environment, what's juicier to you, a sprint or a climb? Oh, well, I am very much a fast girl. I like to go very fast on the bike. That's my my happy place. So then I would say what feels juicier is definitely a hill because I love going fast. That feels very like almost effortless for me. So when I get inside a really good hill, that's where the real juice kicks in. Plus, that's where you're going to make the most changes. Resistance Mm -hmm. is where change happens. The other stuff is on top. But if you're not riding with resistance, then you're not really changing your your sort of like state of being. You're just sort of on top. It's like when you're dancing and you're dancing on top of the music mm-hmm. versus being in the pocket of the music. And sometimes mm-hmm. we can do that. We just like kind of get outside of our body and lose control. It's like yeah. a hill will really ground you, particularly when you're turning the shit up. <laughs> It's true. I'd always say to my students, please, first and foremost, so I keep my insurance, keep my job, please turn your damn resistance up so your patellas don't hit me in the face. Because one, I need to look pretty to talk to you. And also, <laughs> I need you to keep coming back to class. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't destroy that body without having resistance on it. 100%.
No. That is a life lesson though. Resistance is where the change happens. So let's yeah. like not even on the bike, it's in life. So it's let's life. keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. It was lovely to chat with both of you. Good. Congratulations on your amazing podcast. Hope you're very proud of what you started. It's really awesome that you're doing this. You're thank making you. just as much of an impact. There's many ways oh. to be an impact player. It does not just have to be a conventional way. There's many ways of being an impact player. 100%. Thank you. 